Chicago hard, Chicago hard, Chicago hard. Up and into them, right from the start of the game. state of mind we are a chicago sports podcast from the perspectives of south side guys with an unapologetic chicago bias if this city could talk it would say chicago versus everybody hey dub what's a good word fam man bro chilling man you know what i'm saying i'm just feeling that power book man you check that shit out bro bro all right audience before me and a dub talk about this real quick spoiler alert so skip past by 45 to 50 seconds. Now, A-Dub, I got to ask you, man. What's up with I got Tariq, man? <laughs> hey, man, that dude crazy, but that's all I can tell you, bro. First of all, he needs to watch the people that he's got, that he's got around him. Because Brayden, I don't really trust him. And Effie, come on, Effie, what's she up to? Man, she up to something, bro. We're we going to find out soon. We're going to find out. And also, shit, Mary J. Blige. Her character up in there looking at her and Lorenzo like, um, I don't want you in this house. <laughs> <laughs> right, man. Lorenzo come back trying to take over. She trying. He did. He basically relegated her, told her to go, hey, go ahead and retire. Go shopping. Listen, Lorenzo <laughs> like, I got this. Yeah, yeah. It's like, hey, look, I'm back now. I'm on a mission. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, audience, it's a really good show. This season's been, it's been interesting, you know what I'm saying, to say the least. But I will tell you this, for people that didn't see that most recent episode, make sure you check it out. It's pretty good. Probably one of the best episodes of the season so far. Well, audience, as always, this show is brought to you by Crave It. Please join us, our exclusive community at Chicago Versus. The Crave It app can be found on Apple and Android applications. A-Dub, before we get into it, man, the MLB lockout. We got a little bit of an update today. I saw some news before we got on here and started recording that a proposal was submitted by MLB to the players, but they weren't even impressed. They were like, eh. <laughs> the players ain't budget, man. Like, hey, you can do better than that. They said to the uh, MLB they can do better. Most of us that saw that, we probably figured, hey, there's not going to be a deal today. That's what happens in negotiations, right? There's going to be right. a series of proposals that are going to be submitted back and forth. So nothing really for us to talk about too much now. But the one thing that I'm worried about, A-Dub, and I want to get your thoughts on this is when it comes to spring training, we're going to be delayed right now. Damn. You know what, Perez? You're probably right about that, man, because that's something that I would say a lot of these players love is spring training to get themselves ready and prepared for the, um, you know, for the season. But damn, if it's a short of spring training, man, I'm not sure what that would do for the players. Or if maybe not shorten, but maybe push back. But I think that right now you, you're running the risk of a lot of things being altered because of this lockout. That's why you and I talked about we hoping they can get this whole thing figured out sooner than later. But, man, that's what it can do, Perez. It can start to impact parts of the season or part of training camp. Yeah, and I I hope they get it figured out because to the point that you made earlier, not only do the players like it, but the fans love spring training. I have so many friends 
every year they go down to Arizona. They want to get out of this cold-ass weather up here in Chicago. <laughs> they go down there. They get their little spring training fix in. I've yet to do that. I actually want to do that. I remember as a kid when I used to watch the, the spring training games on TV, and I'm like, oh, man, that looks cool. I want to do that one of these years. Maybe next year we'll pull up down there and, and go check out some uh, spring training game in Arizona because both the Sox and the Cubs are down there. Hell yeah, that'd be perfect, Perez. You know, you and I talk a lot of trash about the Cubs and Sox talking trash. There you go. Well, I ain't going to be talking no trash, man, because the audience, they know what side of the, of the fence I'm on over here. I'm on the winning side, so ain't done. It's all good. <laughs> Whatever, man. Whatever, man. It's all good, man. <laughs> I do want to ask your opinion on this Wilson Contreras situation. Now, there's a lot of people, in, and you know this, that I have a lot of people in my family that are Cubs fans, a lot of friends of mine that are Cubs fans, just like you. And so I've had some debates with people about Wilson Contreras off to the side. I'm like, man, I ain't hollering at my boy A-Dub about this. I want to get your thoughts on it. Because a lot of them are wondering, what's going to happen with Wilson Contreras? I like Wilson Contreras. I really do. I mean, I think he's one of the top you know, catches out there, Perez. It's possibility that he may not be with the team, you know, in the future. So I don't know what they're going to do, man. I hope they can try to retain him of understanding his value because I know Contreras is about winning Perez. He's done a good job for us. And I know that guy, he wants to put a lot of pressure on uh, players and doing the right thing and stepping the game up. So we need that kind of leadership. No, that's a good point. I mean, you talked about that uh, during the uh, the summer when it came to Contreras and how he was challenging his teammates, especially heading into the All-Star break. Now, one thing, though, audience, the reason why I brought this up is when I was having some of these conversations with some of my friends, I talked to them about the fact this is the last year of him on this contract with the Cubs. Right. And I'm not sure where the extension talks lie or if the Cubs may look to shop him once we get out of this lockout situation. That's what I wanted to see because a lot of my friends are like, they wouldn't mind if, if he gets traded because the one thing audience for any of our Cubs fans listening to this show, you guys did pick up a veteran catcher, signed him on a two-year deal right before the lockout. So I wondered if that was a preemptive strike by the Cubs. I'll add this one thing to that, man. It's it's good to have more than one catch on your roster. Yeah, but this guy that they brought in, he might be somebody that might vie for some serious playing time. So I think for a lot of the people that, that saw the move, it kind of raised some alarms for them. They were like, whoa, this, this guy came in here? You know what I mean? Because <laughs> Contreras is a young guy. And, and Contreras don't need a lot of off days. You know, I know your point when it comes to having more than one catcher. But, hey, Contreras is only 29. He he pretty much has shown you that he can handle that load. Well, you make a good point with that. So we'll see what the hell my codes are up to when it comes to Contreras. Also, you can tell this better than I can to the audience. But I don't think that they've had any sort of extension talks with Contreras. It's been silent about what they're going to do. They're going to extend the press or even trade them. Like you just said, man, it's been silent. So we have a problem mm-hmm. with him being vocal. So mm-hmm. he hasn't even brought anything up. If and when an extension happens for him, they're going to have to throw the bag at him. They're going to have to overpay him. I'm, <laughs> I'm telling you, you better pay him. You know what? They may have to throw the bag at him. You know what? I think to me, I think he's worth it. Because again, look at his position. He's one of the top in the league. I'm not saying he's the top, but he's somewhere along the lines of the top team. No, he's a hell of a player. And as a Sox fan, I have to give credit where it's due. Whenever we face the the Cubs and he's in that lineup, I know that guy's going to give maximum effort. He's going to be a tough out. And even just looking at when they play other teams, I always respect what uh, Contreras does out there on the field for you guys. Great player, fiery. I love guys that play with that passion and emotion. He has it, man. He don't mind gunning you out either. So I love that candidate, man. You try to steal a base on him, he don't mind throwing it. Well, speaking of another guy with passion, former Cub John Lester, 
Retired from baseball after 16 seasons, three World Series titles, eh, Dub? Salute to Chad Lester, man. I know I've been getting a lot of talk with people about is he a Hall of Famer or is he not. To me and my book friends, bring to help to bring the championship to Chicago, a World Series. I'm all for John Lester going to the Hall of Fame. He's unquestioned going into the Hall of Fame. I think the bigger question is going to be what team is he going into the hall with? Because I think it may be the Red Sox. <laughs> yeah, he'll probably choose the Red Sox, though. But uh, we got a, a lot out of him. You know what I'm saying? He played well here. He got my blessing. Big-time career. He won two World Series titles with the Red Sox, won one with your Cubs. I got to ask you, do you think that the Cubs will retire that jersey number? That's a good question, man. I don't think they do it, but I think they should because of what he's actually have done for this team. Well, I think they have tons of respect for him, but when it comes to, like, a guy like Lester, I mean, how many years was he with the Cubs? I don't, I wonder if was he with the Cubs long enough for them to actually retire the jersey. Or the number. Yes. Think about when the last time we won a championship, though, right? <laughs> it's like, hey, ain't like we've been winning those lately, so we only won one. So it's like, ah, uh, you probably can defend it a little bit and they decide to retire his. Yeah, I don't know. When I look at some of the numbers, and I'm not a Cubs fan, but when I look at the numbers that they have up there, you got some big-time people. You got Santo. You got Ernie. So when I look at a guy like John Lester, while he had big-time performances for you guys in that playoff run, I'm not sure personally I think that his number will go up there. But I can see how most Cubs fans will remember that 2016 year and how special it was and probably say, well, he deserves some sort of recognition. But I don't know. That's why I wanted to throw it over to you to see what you thought about it. For me, when I look at it, I just don't think he was around long enough to get that type of an honor. We'll see if we start to win some more championships. Maybe I'll change my thought process and say, you know what? Because now that's not the only championship we got in my lifetime. <laughs> yeah, because when I look at that number 34, it's synonymous with Lester, but it's also synonymous with Kerry Wood as well. Yeah, and Cubs fans love Kerry Wood too. That's a good point right there, Chris. I didn't even think about Kerry Wood. I forgot about that. So you just brought it up. But yeah, Kerry Wood is beloved in Chicago, man. May not be going with that number there because Kerry Wood is the guy, man. I love Kerry Wood. See, audience, I may not be a Cubs fan, but I know my Chicago sports out here in these streets. Put some respect on my name. Now, the reason why I was giving A-Dub shit earlier when he was talking about us talking trash about our two teams, hey, these teams are going in two different directions because our Chicago White Sox audience, for our Sox fans out there, the sports betters have spoken, and they have said that the White Sox are going to be the favorites to win that AL Central again here in 2022. And I said, A-Dub, I'm happy to hear that. But I wonder, how are they feeling about us being World Series contenders? Because that's what I'm concerned about. It's cool to win that division. But after we lost in the first round of playoffs the way we did, I want to see what they think about us winning it all. Well, you know what, Perez? If y'all wouldn't take that next step, yeah, man, you all could win it all. I mean, I still think you all are a World Series championship caliber team, man. I do. You guys got it on paper you guys can perform in the playoffs, then, hey, you may have a shot, bro. <laughs> well, I was taking a look at it, and it looks like we're listed just behind the Astros and the Yankees as far as being able to win the AL championship. So Ooh. I like those chances here. Now, Vegas has the Cubs finishing fourth place in the NF Central. That's why I said we are not the same. <laughs> man, <laughs> man, I don't know what's going to happen, friends, when free agency, man. It's not we're going to sign yet, man. They writing us off already. Maybe on paper right now, we don't look that great, right? But you never know we might sign that could change our fortunes. Listen, if you make a good point, I got to give him his props, audience, because he's right. It's still early in the game. 
We don't even know what the moves are there for the Cubs to be made. And we also don't know what moves are left yet for the White Sox to make. That's true. So that goes both ways. I agree. I agree. Now, you want to you want to try to win now, right, with the guys you have. I mean, you got a lot of guys right now in their prime. You want to try to win out while you can before all these contracts start coming up. Well, and, and speaking of moves yet to be made, the White Sox are the favorites to sign Oscar Colas. And audience, Woo! I don't even have to tell you our loyal Sox fans that listen to the show anything about him, but they call this man the Cuban Otane. Any guy that has that type of designation about him, I want him on this team right now, immediately. Man, you White Sox are always cooking up something, though. I got to give them their props, man. When it comes down to Cubans, you all have done a good job over the years at getting individuals like that. So uh, I salute that. You guys made a way. So getting him, that would be awesome. Yeah, dude, he's still young, only 23, superstar in the making. And also, I looked on social media before we got on this episode, audience, and I saw him on his social media page wearing a bunch of White Sox stuff. I had a big smile on my face. I bet you did. I bet you did. That's right. <laughs> and, not even, and, not even, and not even a does hate can take away this smile. I'm still smiling. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't take that away from you, bro, right there, man. But that's dope. That's a dope move for your socks, man. And so when they called him the Cuban Otane, the reason why I brought that up is this guy not only was a formidable hitter and outfielder, I'm talking about Colas, but he also was a pitcher that was able to throw about 96 miles per hour. But he stopped pitching, and he's only solely playing in the outfield right now. So, dude, this guy right here, I think he's going to be a middle-of-the-order hitter for the White Sox in the future, and I am so excited. And to Ado's point, we have done a tremendous job with getting those Cuban players, but getting the international players on this team. I got a salute to the organization, you know, on that. I, that's why I was giving the White Sox props. I got to give them a lot of credit for their diversity and the people they bring on to their team. So, Because, dude, we are stockpiled with Cuban talent. There's so much talent on this team, not even just on the big league team, but in the minor league system. That's why I'm saying I am so excited, and that's why I want baseball to hurry up and get back. I want to see baseball right now. I want spring training here. I want to see pitchers and catchers report. I want it all. I love baseball. We talked about this during the summer. We talked about when we were kids. It sucked when baseball locked out. We lost the whole season to the strike damn near. So I don't want to see that happening, man, because baseball had a really good season. I feel like the fans are starting to get back interested in the game again. They need to get back and they need to do what's right in the best interest of the game and for the fans. I think about it now with the whole lockout being ha- happening right now. I'm like, man, that sucks because you made a good point, man. Growing up, that's what we, that's what we played. We played baseball. We look forward mm-hmm. to seeing it, man. And you're mm-hmm. right. Spring training, a big part of that too, because that gets you in the mood. Like, okay, some of your favorite players hitting home runs in spring training, press or doing great in spring training. You're like, okay, they're getting ready for the regular season now, you know? So it's like that whole transition from, from that to the season is a big deal, man. So while we in this little stage we're in now, man, it just kind of sucks, press. Yeah, but we'll, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. I know whatever deal that happens, the players are going to have to make sure, they're going to make sure that it's a good deal this time around. <laughs> i tell you that. Tell you that man. <laughs> hey, man, the players, they got smarter over the years, friends. Yeah, they savvy, man. They savvy. So, but audience, we'll definitely have an update. I, I'm sure we'll have an update for you guys on the next episode. But we're going to turn the page to our Illinois content. And I want to talk about our boy, Ayo Dusumu. So for our Illini listeners that tune into this show, you guys know that A-Dub and I are huge I.O. fans. We had I.O. night last week in the game against Maryland. 
Ayo was down with his beautiful family. And DeMar, the MVP, DeRozan, pulled up to Champagne. Hey, Doug, I want to get your thoughts on this because there's so much that I have to share from the time that I was down there for that game. I was basically an arm length away from Ayo's mom and DeMar DeRozan. It was such a beautiful ceremony. The Illini came to play. But I wanted to get your thoughts on the, on the situation with Ayo getting that jersey up to the rafters, but also how you felt about his teammate DeMar DeRozan Man, first of all, salute to Ayo, man. Yeah, I love you. But, man, seeing DeRozan pull up, Perez, that shows really, man, leadership. You can't get no better leadership than that than going there, you know, uh, at a team that the kid played at, Ayo played at, school he played for, and go there and support him like that, man. You're there for him. You're there with him. Y'all having a good time together, man. That is team support, man. That's being there for a team member, man. I got to salute DeRozan for doing that and taking on that leadership. This is the point that I made on Twitter, and I just want to say it again because it just says so much about both of these individuals. It says so much about Ayo to the to the fact that his teammate on an off day will drive two hours to the middle of nowhere Champagne to celebrate that moment with them. But it also says just as much about Ayo that his 32-year-old veteran teammate will do that on his off day. So that shows you that this guy Ayo is coming as a rookie, and he has the respect of those veterans on that team. It also shows that the Rosen may have taken him under his wing a little bit. Like, yeah, I like what you're doing, rookie. Keep getting better, keep growing. I'm gonna be there to help you out. And I'm also gonna support you uh, being other like this here. So well, a couple of the guys on the uh, beat, they got a chance to actually chop it up with DeMar. And they said that DeMar said that he's actually been a fan of IOs before they even became teammates. And he said that he had his own jersey raised to the rafters in 2020. So he said he knows the magnitude of this moment and he wanted to be there to see that moment for IO. So I thought that, man, it was a stand-up situation there. It was really cool because Brad Edward even talked about it in that presser, man. He said, we love when we get NBA guys in the building. And it was cool. Like, you could tell the players, they they enjoyed having that. And I heard some of the players were talking about the fact of DeMar DeRozan being there. They recognized that he was there. And, you know, those guys all had NBA aspirations and dreams. So that's something that I'm sure had a lot of those guys smiling and happy. And also, too, having I.O. back, one of their own. Having I.O. there in the building, having the Rose in the building press, that'll pump you up, right? That'll get your juices flowing that, hey, I got a performance from these guys here. We've got some, you know, some legends right now in the building. So, yeah, I mean, shit, they were fired up. I was fired up. The first half of the game, we were a little sluggish. The crowd was kind of like, eh, not really into the game. The student section, they're still out on break. So the game was missing a little bit of that type of juice. But I tell you one thing, that second half of that ball game, that crowd was into that game. Brad Underwood was getting the crowd fired up. And he said he don't normally do that, but he said he felt like they needed a little bit of juice in the arena that night. Yeah, that's what's up. Really scoping out the scenery, man, understanding what's going on. So I'm a big fan of Coach Perez. He ain't got a good handle of things, Perez. He just want to do the right thing, man. So he always bring that excitement, too. I want to get back to Io just for one quick second before we talk about this Maryland game. Because one of the things that I always give Io credit for was the fact that he was one of the top players in the state, and he decided to stay home and go to U of I. When he made that decision to go to Illinois, that wasn't a sexy pick. Illinois was down as a program. Io even said it wasn't easy for him when he first got down to Illinois. This is the one thing that I always tell people about working hard and building something and seeing it through. It feels so much better when you're a part of the change than when you go to a situation that's already built up. So. Io 
can sit back and smile and be proud of this place that this program is in because he was a part of that change. Part of that change and help extending this culture that we have here in Illinois, right? Of now making it a brand to where people want to, in Chicago, want to go there, right? So I got to salute Ayo for that. Yeah, not only in Chicago, but players of the state. I mean, we're, we're seeing it now. We we have some big-time prospects that are coming in and com- that are committing to Illinois. And that makes me happy, but you don't get that without a guy like Ayo saying yes to Illinois when he did. Absolutely. And the great thing about him, friends, he played Chicago, baby. Played for the Chicago Bulls. Well, I just think that the Ayo story is going to continue to help Illinois in recruiting because – not only is this showing local kids, I can go to Illinois and play and play at a high level, but I am made it to the pros. If I have pro aspirations, a guy like Brad Underwood could get me there, right? So that is right. something that they're going to be able to utilize in recruiting. And the fact to the point that you made that I was in Chicago in his hometown doing it. Oh, man. Life is good for my brother Io. Life is good. <laughs> That's what you call the blessing right there, man. You're feeling pretty good if you Io. And you know what? I'm happy for him because he's a good guy and he deserves it. Yes, sir. So with the game itself, as I mentioned, the crowd was a little lethargic. I thought the players were kind of so-so. Maryland was hanging in the game a little bit too much for my like. And the one thing, too, Kofi was on the bench with two fouls. So yes. he was on the bench for long stretches. And you know, A-Dub, that there's times when Kofi's sitting out, that offense is a different offense when Kofi Coburn is not out there on the court. We spent too much time on the three-point line, right? And everyone knows that, hey, they don't have that same presence in inside, right? I got to give Underwood credit because benching Kofi was actually the right thing, Perez. I didn't want to see Kofi pick up a third foul, Perez, in that first half because that would have led him you know, on some aggressiveness. Now, I know Coach thought about the same thing, that I need more of that aggressiveness in the second half. Well, I mean, because at, at the point when they went into the half, Maryland was up by four. Right. Plummer couldn't get shots to go down there in that first half. It was just it was just really tough to see. Coleman Hawkins, he was somebody in that first half that I thought gave us some really quality minutes. The guy was a beast on the offensive boards, and we needed it. We needed somebody that was going to come in there and, and make that type of noise happen on the offensive boards because we killed Maryland on the on the glass. I'm glad you brought that about Hawkins, man. His offensive rebounder, Prez. That's a game changer, bro. Using that length like that, Prez, and getting on the glass and putting back – Getting those putbacks, man, those second-chance points, they add up and make a big difference. And not only that, but the other part that I thought was really important in this game, in that second half, after Io's jersey went up to the rafters, Kofi was now on the floor. The offense was able to go back through Kofi, and Kofi did Kofi things in there. He was a man against boys down low against Maryland. They couldn't do shit with him. He was showing off for, for uh, Io and Jamar. <laughs> He was trash-talking a little bit, too, Brez. Yes, know, sir. Bullying guys, man. I was saying, look at Kofi, man. That's the way I like Brez to get back it up, man. And Kofi was all at that game in that second half. I mean, the putbacks, the offensive rebounds, and throwing it down. I said, man, this is a man. They couldn't do shit with him. Trent Frazier went on another heater in that second half, and this is something that he's been known and prone to do in his Illinois career. When that guy gets hot, hoo-hoo-hoo, watch out. He hit that boy for deep, too, when he get high. I'm like, man, he'll pull up. I said, don't play with Trent Frazier, man. The boy is no joke, man. So we know what's about to happen. Mm-hmm. Because you're right. When Frazier heats up, it's a good night for that opponent because <laughs> <laughs> I'm you, that boy, he's Mr. Heat Check, man. He, man, he can shoot him. He can shoot. And this is what I always say about Trent Frazier. 
he's the consummate team guy because this is who he is. He's been this player the entire time he's been in Illinois, but he had to take a back seat to Iowa. He did so and made no complaints about it. That's why I love a Trent Frazier. The guy out, he plays 36 to 40 minutes a night. He battles. He plays tough defense. He's a leader. He's a winning player. You, you, just, you just love to have a guy like Trent Frazier on your team. You know what, Perez, I like about what you said there, man, is that he's one of those unselfish players. And that's what I really like about him, too, Perez. With, Co- with Kofi, he's taking the backseat to Kofi. Let Kofi do his thing. He'll help Kofi out when he struggles, right? Okay, Kofi in foul trouble. Kofi struggling. They got three guys on him. Now it's time for me to take over. He's the ultimate team player. And you know what else he said that was good, Perez? was about his defense. That guy can't defend. I always say, those guards, they go over screens and they sit. And for people that know basketball, they know what I mean with that type of terminology. Those guards, they know how to get in position, and they make it hard for opposing guards. Now, you talked about Ayala last week, and I said, you know what? Yeah, well, that'll be a matchup that I'm I'm kind of curious to see how it goes. Well, he has 16 points, but he had to fight, and he, he them was a tough 16. <laughs> yeah, man, friends. He had to work hard for those 16. But he got most of that stuff probably in transition, really, with friends, your own friends. It wasn't that simple, man. They were like, hey, hey, dude, you have to go over these three, like you were saying, and, and make something happen. It was really tough for him. Another guy from the Maryland game that I want to give some kudos to was DeMonte Williams. Now, you know I give him a lot of props on this show, A-Dub. In the game, Dante Scott in the first half of Maryland, he was a problem. And he was a problem for us last year. They couldn't do nothing with him. The second half, though, DeMonte Williams was guarding him. My man Dante Scott had two points. Two points, A-Dub. Man, we, we was all on that guy, Perez. He wasn't giving no breathing room, man. No. I was like, no. shoot, this won't talk about. I like that type of gravity defense like that, Perez, because they would have showed that, hey, you a target. We know how good you are. And our goal is to, hey, make it very uncomfortable for you. And that's what he did, man. Williams did a great job. And speaking of which, so audience, as you guys know, we covered the Illini. So I was there live covering the game. And in the presser, I asked, both Kofi and Trent Frazier, I said, how did you guys feel about the job that DeMonte did on Dante Scott? Because as I just mentioned a second ago, Dante Scott gave them some problems there in the first half. And you know what Trent Frazier said on this? He said, DeMonte's been incredible for us these last three or four games, guarding every team's best four men. Now, I want you guys to think about that. DeMonte Williams is playing the four. He's given up height. He's given up weight to these guys. It don't matter. He's still doing what he needs to do. And what Tris went on to say from there is he did an unbelievable job last game guarding point guards. So I want you guys to think about that for a second. He's guarding these fours, but he also has the athleticism to guard these small point guards. That defensive effort that he gave against Maryland was just incredible. And what Trent went on to say was what he does for this team is incredible. And what Kofi said about him, he just called DeMonte an X-Factor. He said it's really hard to replace a guy like him. He said you probably see one or two guys like that in the entire country. He does all the dirty work. And A.W., you always talk about the dirty work. And then DeMonte Williams, you got a guy like that that has that NBA DNA. His father, a legend at U of I. So DeMonte Williams knows what it takes. He knows about that grind, tough, gritty player. His teammates have ultimate respect for him. And that's why I love when I asked those guys that question because they both perked up and they gave really great answers. Those were some great questions you asked, bro. On point, Chris. The answers you got was phenomenal. 
man, Williams Perez, you're right. That DNA, when it comes down to playing defense like that, Perez, that versatility of, hey, you ain't got to be no great offensive score, Perez, to get to the league. If you can do that on a championship caliber team, they will mm-hmm. love guys like Williams, Perez. Like, look, like, it's like, well, we love Ayo, right? Because it's not even about Ayo's offense like that. Really. I like his defense more than I like his offense. But the fact right. that you got a guy that can do that and play, like you say, NBA defense, Perez, that's what guys are looking for, man. Because a lot of things, what they do, Perez, don't come from the stat sheet. And that's what they were saying about wins. Everything all that dirt work he does ain't going to make the stat sheet. But it's impactful on the game. Yeah, because what, what Kofi went on to say from there was he's like, look, he comes out, plays hard defense, sacrifices. What's the common thread that you and I keep talking about it there with Trent Frazier, with DeMonte? We talk about guys sacrificing for the betterment of the team. That's what Kofi said about DeMonte. He's all about the team. He's all about winning. And he said he's willing to give it all for the team and the guys next to him. That's the ultimate compliment from your best player on the team and probably one of the best players in the entire country and Kofi Coburn. Damn right, Perez. You get that kind of uh, praise right there. You know you own to something. And as I mentioned on last week's show, that's DeMonte Williams' calling card. It's his defense, his versatility. I just talked about it a second ago. Guy could go from guarding fours to guarding point guards. How do you replace that? So to Kofi's point, you only got probably one or two guys in the entire country that could do what DeMonte Williams does. And, and we were fortunate that he came back for that fifth year this season. And I love the fact that he's on this team. I love it, man. And, I, and this is a joy to see because uh, these boys are playing together, Perez. And the fact that they respect each other like that, Perez, makes a huge difference too. Now, let's talk about the Nebraska game here real quick, A-Dub. So now, in this matchup, <laughs> man, 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 this is one of those <laughs> games, huh, Illinois got all it can handle in this game. It was one of those games that I was kind of like, hey, where's, where's this thing going? <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you. I was like, shit, we can lose this game, man. We don't step our game up, man. Yeah, because Nebraska was playing them tough. And what I always say, playing in the playing on the road in the Big Ten is never easy. Nothing's ever going to be given to you in those moments. If you want that victory, you got to go out there and earn that shit. And that's what the Illini did, A-Dub, this week. When they got that win in Nebraska, it was a hard-fought victory. But once again, you not only saw the importance of a Kofi Coburn who had a double-double, but Trent Frazier, once again, showing us what he's all about. 29 points in this game, and the guy got hot. And when he started hitting them shots, I just had a big-ass smile on my face. I was like, boy, this is a wrap. Yeah, man, I said, man, like you say, friends, when he get hot, man, he gets it going. And as a matter of fact, he carried the team down that game. So I got to salute to him. He kind of realized that it's going to be tough. These guys playing Kofi pretty hard, friends. They were. They were all over Kofi. They blocking his shot from behind. They all over my man. So Fred said, look, this is my show now. It's time for me to take over. And he did it. And one thing two artists think about, the last time that they went down there to play Nebraska, they had a tough game there. And it went to overtime, but we ended up winning. So they played teams tough. The difference is you got an Illinois team that's a veteran team. Frazier, Williams, Kofi, Grandison. You have guys there that have been through these battles. They get it. They know what's up. And that's what we have on our side. We have experience and we have vets, A-Dub. That makes a huge difference right there, Perez, having experience in uh, vets, man, because those guys know how to play under pressure. But the other thing, though, Perez, even having those guys playing under pressure, even had guys on the bench coming in doing a good job in that game there, Perez, with major pain, man. Oh, come on now. You, you got to give me credit. You're going to use that nickname. I nicknamed Omar Payne Major Payne because he was a major pain to Nebraska. That man down the stretch of this ball game, he took over 
And this was the Omar Payne that a lot of us thought we were going to get when we got him from Florida. Omar Payne has struggled this season. But I'll tell you one thing, man. Omar Payne paid so well in this ball game that Brad Underwood set the he sat the best player in the country on the bench for the last three, four minutes of the ball game. Now think about that. Chris, your boy, Major Payne, man, was out there bringing that energy. I mean, he was out there blocking shots, hustling, everything, Perez. And you're right. Coach did see Kofi. He was like, look, hey, we got some momentum going with, you know, Major Payne. And look, it was working, Perez. We ended up getting the lead and, you know, further started to extend the lead. It was no turning back. So you're right. Good job by Coach. But, man, I got to salute Major Payne for what he did that game. And I love that dunk that he had because I think that right there kind of set the tone because even when after he made that play, I saw he had a little bit of a swag with him. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> He's ready. He's ready. You know and what I mean? Bounce. Yeah, I saw that too, man. He had a little bounce to his step. I said, uh-oh. Then the rest of the team kind of like rally around that, like you were saying, Perez, with Trent Frazier, the rest of the guys, they energy level start to increase. That's right. That's right. And you even saw you got a little bit of a lift from Coleman Hawkins, who gave some good minutes there down the stretch of that ball game. And that's what you're talking about, A-Dub. So great point that you made there, because while we know what we're going to get from the veterans, now you got guys like Coleman Hawkins and Omar Payne just, you know, a few, even R.J. Melendez, you had guys like that coming off the right. bench giving you some solid contributions because that's what you need because one of the things that Trent Frazier said in the presser was a lot of people will look at a team's record and say, oh, they're not a good team. Because if you look at Nebraska's record, you'll say, probably not a good team. But what Trent said, they're a really good basketball team. And he is right, man, because A-Dub, that Cat McGowan's on that team for Nebraska. Man! <laughs> That kid's got some bounce, don't he? <laughs> hey, man, when he ducked on Kofi, I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you ain't playing, kid. You can bounce. Listen, I blinked my eyes hard as hell when I saw that. I was like, good Lord, that was nasty. Good Lord. That's what happened when you get a five-star talent. He's a five-star player. And I can see why, friends. That is some talent right there, man. That kid can jump. Trent Frazier was the story for this ball game. Omar Major Payne definitely showed us down the stretch we don't have to play Kofi so many minutes. We don't have to tire Kofi out on both ends of the floor so much because this guy could come in and spell him. And I hope that this was the game that Omar Payne needed to kickstart his season, A-Dub. I hope so too, Perez. I really do, man. I think it may have been. I think that's probably the turning point for him. But I will say I love the nickname you gave him. So I can't lie, man. I was thinking about that shit the whole day. I was like, man, <laughs> Payne, what the hell Perez thinking about? But you know what? It fits the bill. <laughs> A guy like this down the stretch for the Big Ten season and the Big Ten yeah. tourney and the NCAA tournament, he could be a game changer on the court. And I'm here for it, bro. I'm here for it. And I hope he watched that game again, Perez. You know how it goes. Coaches make you watch the family yourself. Seeing how he's playing there, blocking shots like that, Perez, getting up and down the floor like that, making an impact, that can be the game changer to help this guy throughout this rest of the season, man. So I'm hoping that's the big, to you and I point, the biggest turning point. Yeah, I hope it's his coming out party. I was happy for the guy. I know that there's been times where Underwood's kind of gotten on his case because he hasn't played physical. He hasn't played defense, you know, aggressively and strong and, and things of that nature. That kid had nothing to hang his head about after that damn Nebraska game. I tell you that much because if it weren't for him, we probably wouldn't have won that game. <laughs> You're right about that, Perez. So I'm like, that game was getting, that game was too tight right there, man. And um. That kid made a huge difference. So you're right, man. I hope that he can continue to have his confidence there. Now you know he can do the job. Hey, why not Underwood give you the minutes? Hey, continue playing well, kid. Well, we got Michigan on the calendar next. We'll be live covering that game. Jawan Howard and the boys will be there. 
Now, one thing that I'll say about Michigan, A-Dub, is they've been hit with a little bit of bad luck when it comes to COVID. They've had some postponements. Some people feel like Michigan is ducking people right now. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> they've lost a couple games, too, because they lost to Rutgers. He missed all those players. They missed, like, what, four or five players? That's a lot yeah. of players. Half of your team like that, man. So, and these guys play key roles, you know? So, yeah, you can't win your games like that if you have a team there. So, it's it's, it's important, man. And it's unfortunate to, to, to see that COVID that hurts the team like this, man. You hate to see it. Yeah, but I hope that I hope that they're not ducking teams. I hope that they come and they hope that they're ready to play because it's affecting all teams. You know, we we talked yeah. about that on the show, how it's affected Illinois, how it's affected the Bulls, how it's affected the Windy City Bulls. Every team is going through this kind of stuff right now. So, listen, Michigan, you ain't no different. You just deal with it. Deal with it. <laughs> just deal with it. And don't be ducking Illinois. <laughs> they better not duck us. They, I want to see that game. <laughs> because I want to see how Kofi matches up with your boy Big uh, Dickinson uh, down low. That's going to be a battle, and I can't wait to see how those two, because they, they've had some epic wars so far in the Big Ten going up against each other, and I look forward to that matchup between those two. Now, Hunter got some talent over there, Perez. That's a uh, big breakfast over there, man. That's going to be a good <laughs> matchup. That's going to be a good matchup between him and Kofi, man. So I'm with you, Perez. I want to see that matchup too, man. And, you know, I give respect to, to Coach Howard, man. He Chicago guy. He's got a Chicago state of mind. We love him. He gave the ultimate compliment to Illinois. He said they're well coached. He said they play extremely hard on both ends of the floor. But the most important part that he said that had me smiling, and I'm sure Brad Underwood was, how, was proud of this, he said they're physical. And they do a tremendous job of playing inside out. That's what A-Dub and I talk about on this show all the time when it comes to this team. And he talked about Kofi. Toughness, and strength, that skill level. He said Kofi's an NBA player. He didn't lie. <laughs> the only thing he said was a lie. I totally fully agree with him on that, man. So, I mean, I respect that. But, hey, man, our, our guys are doing well. But the thing is, when you get other people like, you know, Juwan Howard to recognize that press, that's big ups to our team, man. That is big ups. And I'm really excited for that team. Uh, I'm, I'm really excited for that game. I can't wait to get down there to Champaign. That's my second home, it seems, these days, because I've been on the road so much back and forth <laughs> from Chicago to Champaign. <laughs> Yeah, you have, man. You stay that now. I might have to buy a crib out there, man. The way this shit goes. <laughs> I swear, man, because you out there enough, man. <laughs> but, no, I'm excited for it. It's going to be a great game. And Brad Underwood had me cracking up, A-Bill, before we get into the Windy City Bulls chat. He he was talking about the fans, and he said, look, I wouldn't be upset if the fans decided to get themselves a little early dinner, and if that early dinner coincided with happy hour. And they kind of have a couple of drinks and enjoy themselves and they came to the game. And I said, oh, Brad, he wants them to bring that noise in the, in, in the stadium on, on, on Friday. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Hey, bring that loud noise, man. Bring that energy. And I hope that some of the students maybe decide to come back early because they're missing that student section. These are some big games that we have on the calendar and the students aren't back yet. Michigan, Purdue coming up. That's a top 10 team Ooh. that's coming in here on Monday. Man, hell yeah. Yeah, that's some big games there, Perez. <laughs> a couple was, big games. My Lord. But you and I will be in the building for both of these. And then you and I both will be there on Monday covering that Purdue game. And I'm looking forward to that experience with you as well, man. Yeah, man. We'll have a good time, Perez, as you and I always do when we get together, man. So, hey, I'm looking forward to it. All right. Well, let's transition over to the Windy City Bulls. So, audience, we're into the regular season now for the G League. So, the showcase portion of the season is a wrap. A-Dub and I covered Windy City Bulls versus Delaware Bluecoats ball game. The Windy City Bulls got their first home win of the season against the Blue Cats. We were there live to catch it. Not only did they win, they, 
they blew them marks out by 38. Man, that was cooking, Prez. I mean, I was in shots from everywhere, man. Threes, dunks, everything, man. They just had a great game, man. And um, it just says they were thirsty to play, Prez, after, after the layoff. Well, I think that's what it was, man. Those guys was chomping at the bit, and they were ready to play. Because even last week, there was supposed to have been a game on Saturday, and that game got basically ended up getting canceled. But we ended up going to the game on Sunday. And right. these players, if you think about it, they have not played a lot of basketball in the last month or so. And that's huge right there, Perez. You know, the thing is about, about these players, they love basketball like you and I do, Perez. They love playing it, man. And not playing it, Perez, you got to salute to our guys for now taking on that challenge. Yeah, and staying ready. So yep. I give those players credit. I give Coach Darmasant credit because he kept those players ready. And they were, hey, that was <laughs> the best performance I've seen them have this season. Now, some people that may look at the game and say, well, Perez and A-Dub, you guys remember that the Blue Coats, they had a lot of guys out for COVID. True. But at the same time, as I mentioned, every team is going through that right now. So all the Windy City Bulls can do is play the team that's in front of them. And so if a team is shorthanded like that, then that's what you got to do. You got to punish them. You cover that shout, you're going to get dealt with. That's it, man. So that's what we're supposed to do. If they come in like that, you put your foot on their neck. That's what we end up doing. That's right. (laughs) We got to see Perry Jones Jr. debut. And audience, you guys know Perry Jones Jr., former NBA player. He was drafted in the first round by the OKC Thunder. He's then spent some time overseas. So now that's a hell of a player to have on his roster. He came in and did his thing. He was out there in a lot of screening roles, you know, rolling yep. through to the cup, man, getting dunks. I said, man, he still can get up there. So I like that guy, man. So we'll see buddy, how he plays when he get more comfortable with the team. Yeah, because that was his first game there. And, and like you said, he's going to only continue to get more comfortable with this team. But I thought that was a great pickup and Great job by the Windy City Bulls for picking him up. But when it comes to this game specifically, Ethan Thompson, A-Dub, this is a guy that you brought up a lot during the summer. This guy's a hell of a player, two-way player, really impressive. He had a nice little balanced game here in this ball game. 21 points, five rebounds, seven assists, three blocks. Mm. What a game for Ethan, bro. Talk about Trent Frazier, though, but man, he think he can put that ball in the bucket, man. From long range, he getting inside as well, man. Getting dunks out there, I saw him. I said, look at you, man. This guy have me as a ball of press. And the good thing, you also got a chance to interview him as well. That's the second time that he sat down with us. And in, in that sit down, he talked about how he had to stay ready for these games down the stretch here. And also the fact that how he struggled with the fact that they weren't playing. So, audience, if you guys haven't got a chance to check out that post-game interview, it's live on our feed. Definitely check it out. But Ethan Thompson, great two-way player. We already know that he's a great shooter, but a lot of people don't focus on the defensive part of his game. The guy's long. He's tough. He had three blocks in this ball game. That's a shooting guard on your team. Three block shots. I thought that was huge. Kerwin Roach, A-Dub, off the bench, gave them a spark. I love the energy that he brought off, 15 points. And those two uh, Ethan Thompson and Kerwin Roach, they had to play the game because if you remember, A-Dub, this is the one that you caught. When Ethan Thompson had the ball on the on the baseline, he was looking for somebody to pass the ball to. Kerwin Roach cut to the basket, perfect bounce pass for that dunk. That was the play of the game, if you ask me. Yeah, that was dope, Perez. That was. That was a dope-ass dunk, man. Kerwin Roach can ball, Perez. I mean, I was impressed with him. Like, you know, I'm always impressed with guys. You know, how he was passing, how he was uh, being aggressive. I like that, man. To me, that's what you need in the NBA right there, that kind of a plan. So to me, hey, man, this dude can ball. And I love that he's getting his shot now because due to COVID, now he's getting a chance to play more. 
So this is one of the things that you're seeing guys start to step up. Tim Bond was another guy. I talked to, to Ethan Thompson about that in our post game. He shouted him out. This is a guy that wasn't getting a lot of playing time, but now when he's getting a little bit more playing time, he's showing people what he can do. And you like that, friends, that guys are now taking a full advantage of the opportunity to play, man. So when you get out there, hey, give it your all, give it your best. And guess what's happening now, friends? These guys are shining, man. Yes, sir. I mean, because you know what you're going to get from a Daniel Turo. You know what you're going to get from a Devon Dotson. Right. You know what I mean? Uh <laughs> But, you know, we have so many guys on this team that are starting to show you that they can ball too. Scotty Lindsey, he had a good game out there. So they have so much so much talent on this team. And what I like that we saw in that matchup against Delaware was the balanced scoring. Balanced scoring, good passing, guys finishing plays, finishing drives. It was like a total team effort there, man. So a lot of these guys got a chance to shine. But we were in stark contrast when we look at that game that they had against the Cleveland Charge a couple nights ago because we lost that ball game and Cleveland got their first win in the regular season. So in this matchup, they went from blowing the doors off of Delaware to struggling <laughs> a bit against the charge. It happens that way, friends. But you know what? I think we'll be back on our next game. Though. Right, we didn't struggle in that one, man. I think more so in that third quarter. Yep. But the one thing that I want to point out, and I talked about him a second ago, but Curran Roach was in the starting lineup, had a double-double, 24-11, and 11, mm. and six assists. Play 40 minutes in this ballgame, A-Dub, and when you start to see a guy like that, what he's doing with those minutes, he's starting to stack performances, as I talk about a lot on this show. Yeah, Preston, pretty much saying, hey, you got to keep me in the game, man. Yes, sir. Daniel Turu had another double-double. That's what you come to expect from Big Dan. That's what he's going to do. Yeah, he's going to do that. Yeah, that's what you're going to give out of him, Preston, no doubt, man. He's been there, done that. That's what he does. So this guy, man, he ready to be on somebody's team, Preston. Well, yeah, as I mentioned a couple episodes ago, you saw he got the call up. He was with the Toronto Raptors on the 10th yep. day. So he's on the radar. People know who he's, they know what he's about. You know, he's, he was with the Clippers in their system for a while. So this guy's got NBA talent. This is only a matter of time before he gets that opportunity. And all we're going to do is be happy for him, Prez, when you get a chance to be there consistently, right? Instead of getting a 10 day, get the whole year, whatever else, man. Just play your ball, play your game, man. Do your thing. But that's what it's all about. But that's why this G League, to me, is so important because it gives players like this that opportunity, especially what was going on with COVID. You're getting a lot of these guys from the G League that are getting those calls up. And that's why it makes me happy for guys that are getting these opportunities like Dotson, Marco Samanovic, Tyler Cook before he got injured. These guys were all getting shots there with the big team. But then now look within the team now. You guys got you got guys like Kerwin Roach that are starting to get opportunity. Tim Bond is starting to get an opportunity. That's what you want to see. Scotty Lindsay is starting to get more of an opportunity. That's what's the beautiful part about all this. You got guys now that are getting a chance to shine, whether it's the NBA or within the G League team. They get the notoriety now, man. These guys are shining. They, they're taking the best of their minutes, like we just talked about. It's good for these guys, man. I'm happy for them. Some of they play their butts off. They've been working so hard for us to get to this point, man. And now they're getting their chances. It feels good, man. I know I'm happy for these guys. Seeing Rose be successful. You know, it's, it's a good thing. It's a good feeling, man. So I want these guys to continue at it. And then to that big leagues, man. Speaking of being happy and speaking of the big leagues, our Chicago Bulls, number one in the Eastern Conference, nine-game winning streak this week. It ended up getting snapped. But, hey, we had another big win against the Wizards. That game was kind of funny to me, A-Dub, because the story that, that Bradley Beal told about Io in that game, and I don't know if you saw it, but post-game, he talked about the fact that he noticed that Io got called for a couple traveling calls in that ball game, and Bill was kind of looking at Io and saying, "Like, 
when that ball comes to you, you got to be ready to catch it and let it rip. You can't hesitate. You can't be indecisive. Right. So then he said the I.O. did turn around the next possession and did that shit and hit a big-time three-point shot. And Bradley Beal just looked at him and was like, hey, I didn't say do that shit to me. I said just in the coach do that shit. <laughs> well, I caught up with that story there, friends. And I even saw that play, man. He caught with a two-dribble pull-up, man. And he just went at it, didn't, didn't hesitate, went right on with it, made the shot, man. But that's big ups to uh, Bradley Beal. But first of all, giving him some, uh, you know, uh, some guidance on that, what he can do to make his game better. But salute to Io for taking it in. Like, okay, I'm going to do that shit right now. <laughs> Good to see that for Io. But definitely, I got to give Bradley Beal some props on that too, man. Yeah, to your point, A-Dub, I think that that says a lot about both of those guys, but especially Io, And he got a little bit of a savage in him because not only did he <laughs> take that feedback, but he's like, okay, I got you. He <laughs> <laughs> didn't waste no time, friends. And I saw that 2 3 pull-up. I was like, damn, okay. That was money. Didn't waste no time. I mean, good-looking shot too, friends. So that's really the way you get getting good rhythm shot. So continue at it, man. Continue picking up game and picking these guys, these best friends. Zach Levine had a really good game against the Wizards. Kobe White continues to have strong performances, Woo! 21 points off the bench. But how about your boy Lonzo Ball, that three-point shooter they dub? Man, that dude got high for three-point. We hit about six of them boys for us. I was like, uh, man. Yeah, he had six of them. Yep, yes, sir. Man, that boy was dropping them boys down. I said, man, look, if Ball hitting that three like that, that kind of consistency for us, I mean, he hasn't hitting them all year. But, man, if he stayed doing that, whoo. It's going to be hard to really beat the Bulls. It really is, man. Because we already know what we're going to get for certain players already. We know what you're going to get from Zach. You know what you're going to get from DeMar. We already know that already, right? Right. An X-Factor like him, like ball hitting that, when those guys are double teamed or whatever, man, that's game changer right there. Because now you can't, you can't help now. You got to no. let DeMar do his thing one-on-one. They got to respect the fact that the Bulls got shooters. They got to respect. Yep. They can't leave guys. Also, so your boy Kobe White, you know, do the same shit. He come in hitting threes and making things difficult for the Wizards. So I was like, man, these guys are having a great shoot night. Yeah, I mean, they hit 15 three-pointers in that ball game. I think the biggest thing, though, and I think this is what Billy Donovan probably has to be proud of this team for, is just how resilient they've been. Remember I said earlier in the show, everybody's dealing with this COVID shit. You know what I mean? And the Bulls, they moved through this COVID thing like it was nothing. We got better as a result of having COVID hit this team. True. We actually have, man. This team has came together. They've been working with each other, playing off each other, friends, playing together. It has actually built this team chemistry. So, hey, unfortunately, but hey, we'll take it. Now, there's one thing, because you know I'm always going to nitpick. While this team is offensively a juggernaut at times, especially in that Wizards game, defensively, I think they could do a better job. They got capabilities of being better. Once Caruso's back, I know he's going to probably still be out. But once you get that guy back in the lineup, this team is going to improve. But defensively, they have a lot of capability. Yeah, Fred, that's a good point you bring up to our defense. We've been lagging these last couple of games, man. When it comes to defensive end, I'm like, okay, we got to get to that play. Certain guys not hustling as hard as they should be. I'm like, man, we must think that we just go out there and score every score um, and be everybody by scoring, man. We got to play defense too. Well, yeah, because look at the Mavericks game. That's one of the two games that we lost. That game right there showed you on defense how much we've been lacking. Because Luca, he did whatever the fuck he wanted to in that game. Luca did exactly what he wanted to do, Press. And you think about that, even that first half, Press, was that it's like a minute and 20 seconds left, Press. We were up 10. Right. We let them guys cut that game down to like, what, one or two points into the half? And I was mm-hmm. like, what the hell are we doing? We were just up 10, Press. That's the big difference in the game right there. Being up 10 and starting the third quarter and being up one, huge. So our Bulls got to continue to put our, put our foot on the gas, man. 
defensively and make some efforts there, man, but let Luca do whatever he want to do, even though he's crying to the refs. Can't do that. No, nah, you, you can't do that. When I looked at that game, we tried to do that small ball shit, and that's when Dallas kind of pulled away from us a little bit. That small ball only worked to a certain extent, Perez, but you got to be you, like you always say. Be you. Be who you are as your team. Don't change it for nobody else. You, you can make things happen. I thought Billy Donovan may have gotten away from who we are as a team by doing that. But, you know, we learn, we live and learn, right? Well, I think that's actually one of his favorite lineups. It just didn't, it just backfired him on in this game because he lo- <laughs> he loves to go four guards with Vooch. I think that he does yeah. that a lot. However, in this game, Dallas just, they torched us. Yeah. And then we started going to that zone, right? It looked like it was the zone we was going to, and we just letting guys shoot right all over us. We weren't even contesting shots. Right, exactly, exactly. That Dallas game, like I said, left a lot to be desired. There was a lot of situations there in that game that I was kind of like, eh, I don't, I don't know what's going on here. But look, listen, Luca's Luca. Luca's gonna get his. That's gonna be a learning experience for Io and those boys when it comes to defending a guy like Luca. Yeah, yeah, Luca's a great player, man. I just thought that we gave him too much because he not only scored, he also was dropping dives like that too. Yeah, so he was. Yeah, he was. Got to make the game difficult for a guy like that, whereas you know, put apply pressure on him. We can't leave guys like Kobe White on them in the post. You know, we got man, we got to show this guy you know the same respect we would show anybody else. But when you look at a team like Dallas, now that was an impressive win for them because they're showing, listen, we could be some pretty good teams as well. I mean, Luca had a double double in the ball game. So when you got a guy like that on your team, your chances to compete in this league they they, they go up. We may have been a confidence boost for those guys by beating the Chicago Bulls. Matter of fact, the red hot Chicago Bulls. Yeah, but they also beat Golden State, too. Don't forget about that. Yeah, they got some signature wins when they belt. So, yeah, that, that also, you know, the, both of those wins kind of you know, help your team realize that, hey, you were a good team. But for us, we got to bounce back, man. That's all. Yeah, we will. And we will. Now, you speak of bouncing back, though, we <laughs> didn't really have that type <laughs> of a situation here because when you look at that Brooklyn Nets game, now, that game right there, I would tell you what, the A-Dub, the first half of that ball game was probably some of the most electric basketball I've seen in the United Center in some time. That crowd was juiced. There was a lot of star power in the building. The Nets had Harden and, and Kyrie and KD playing together for the second time this season. But the Bulls, for well, one half, showed you, hey, we can hang in there with the Brooklyn Nets. Well, what happened was it was a tale of two halves, like what happens with this Bulls team. Because <laughs> we got blitzed, they done. We got blitzed. <laughs> hey, man, KD went off in that third quarter. Man. I was like, God damn, here you go, man. <laughs> <laughs> I said, man, this dude get going, man. It's trouble. Because at this point with our team, how we're shaped right now, friends, we're missing key defenders, right? We right. had certain guys that matched up against KD a few times we played against them. And they're not here right now. We don't have Caruso. We don't have Green. So we can't match up with them like that. So now... KD gets to, you know, breathe a little bit. <laughs> and now what he does when he gave the breathe, he tortures. So that third and fourth quarter, man, like you say, Perez, it got out of hand, man. It got ugly. And don't forget about Derrick Jones Jr. He got hurt in the game. And that's another yeah. long body on, on, on KD. To the point that you was just making, KD has 17 in that third quarter. Didn't even look like he broke a sweat. I agree with you, man. I was like, God dang, man. <laughs> but it, not only just him, James Harden was controlling the tempo, 16 assists. How about that wraparound behind-the-back pass he made, bro? Man, they were toying with our ass, man. As good as they're playing against us, I give them the credit. I have no problem with that. 
But you know what? I was pissed off with them shitty-ass referees, though, because they put their imprint on this game, too, Perez. I mean, all those tic-tac fouls, we couldn't, we couldn't touch none of them. We couldn't touch James Harden, Perez, the foul. We couldn't touch KD. Guys in foul trouble in the first half. I mean, free throws were taken already, right? They were already in bonus already so early. So it's like, man, come on, refs. You can't dictate that kind of game. Let the players decide this. That's a fair point, but you know what I'm getting ready to say about that. Very true points there, A-Dub, but we still got to play through that. We got to know, yeah. hey, that's what we're going up against. And yep. sometimes in the playoffs come up. What do you think they're going to do in the playoffs with a guy <laughs> like KD and Harden and Kyrie? That whistle going to get blown quick. Yep, you're right about that, Fred. So this is a lesson learned for us to get used to it. You know, like, look, this is what, how they're going to call this. So you got to play through it. It's going to be a learning process for our guys to know that. got to play through that shit. Yep. Now, it was some people, man, that was getting in our mentions, and they was complaining. They were like, how Kyrie get to play here in Chicago, but you got to show a vaccine record to go inside to eat in, in restaurants here in Chicago. And I was like, okay, good point here. You might want to take that up <laughs> with Mayor Lightfoot, because I don't know. <laughs> exactly. I'm not, I'm not the decision maker around here, man. I'll let them, for sure. Y'all got to holler at Lori. You know what I'm saying? For sure, Don't holler man. at President Dub. We, we listen. <laughs> We don't call the shots. <laughs> we don't, but I ain't got to ask for you on that at all. I ain't got nothing for you. Nope, nothing for you at all. But audience, as I mentioned earlier, Alex Caruso is still going to be out. He still remains in protocols. Derrick Jones, as I mentioned earlier, injured his knee. He's going to probably miss about two to four weeks. So that's another guy that's going to be out. What you thinking about this Warriors game? What's your prediction? I think we might lose that game, Press, because we, we, we're lacking depth. That's what I'm thinking, man. Uh, unless, we catch, unless we catch fire or something, Press. But, man, it's going to be a tough one, man. It's going to be hard. Yeah. Also, too, the Warriors are going to be on the, the back end of a back-to-back. Uh, so I think that may bode well for us. Draymond Green is not making the trip, and I don't know what's going to happen with Klay Thompson. So I guess we'll have to hmm. see. I think if there's no Clay, I think we win this game. That's a good point, man. Clay not playing shit. Cause that's, I mean, he saw his first game, you know. I'm like, Clay, lucky back, Perez. So uh, if he ain't playing, we may have a, a better shot there with that way, man. So we'll see what happens. But I'm looking forward to it. That's going to be a hell of a game. And, and while I'm there covering that game in Champagne, I will be having my laptop open and, and, and taking a look at what's going on with that boy. <laughs> <Warriors game. laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, man. I hope it's the Rose in there, though. Man, I rest our guys shine that game, man. Yeah, it's got to be a team effort, man. And, and like I said, I joked about this over the summer when it comes to guarding Steph Curry. Lonzo Ball needs to be guarding Steph Curry as soon as he gets out of his car to get to the arena. Lonzo, you need to be all up on Steph Curry every chance you got. You got to smother him. You got to smother him. Man, meet that man in his hotel room. Where you going to the arena? I'm going with you. <laughs> Straight up. Ain't dumb on uh, Lonzo to be a stalker meeting this man in his hotel room. I don't know about that one, ain't dumb. <laughs> But I, get, but, I, but I get the sentiment. I get the sentiment. <laughs> Audience, the last thing before we get into our bear segment here is remember that fan voting is still going on. Make sure you push those votes for DeMar, Zach, Vooch, Lonzo. Fan voting is January 23rd. You guys know the hashtags. You know what to do. Get it done, Bulls Nation. Yeah, get that done. Some real all-stars on this team. So, hey, I'll support them. All right, audience, as you guys know, in Bears Nation, we had Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace that were giving their pink slips on Black Monday. <laughs> and I'll tell you, that Black Monday, it lived up to his billing because A-Dub, 
I knew Matt Nagy was going. You and I talked about that so many times. We knew, like, we was like, Shh, okay, and <laughs> we know that's going to happen. But right. the Ryan Pace one, that surprised me because I thought that they were setting it up to bring him back. I ain't going to lie to you. So when I noticed that Ryan Pace got fired too, I said, hmm, I'm very happy about this now because we're cleaning house, clean slate. So I wanted to get your thoughts on this, A-Dub. When you saw that Ryan Pace got fired, what do you think was the biggest reasons why he was let go? Because you and I on this show have talked about all the things that Matt Nagy has done wrong. But what do you think it was that sealed Ryan Pace's fate? I think what sealed his fate, press it was a combination of things. The players itself, right? A lot of players on this team that's under Ryan Pace, he may have uh, you know, drafted. Some of these things, you know, they actually have uh, regressed. So looking at that part of it, it's like, you know what? Some of these players are not playing the same as they once was. So that's on you, Pace. These are your guys. That's one part of it. I think for me, I think in the biggest, the biggest, biggest, biggest thing, audience, when it comes to Ryan Pace, it was the draft capital. He Hmm. traded away too many draft picks. We know what he did with Mitch Trubisky, right? Those were a lot of draft picks that he gave up. He's done that so many times. He had to give up draft picks to trade up to get Anthony Miller. He had to give up draft picks to trade up to get David Montgomery. He had to do it again to get Justin Fields, Tevin Jenkins. He just mortgaged the future in all types of situations with this team. And I thought that was something that I think went against him a little bit badly. Also, he always felt the need, A-Dub, to overcorrect his mistakes. Yeah, oh, that's a good one, man. That's a damn good one because he fucked up a lot. <laughs> Even at the quarterback, you always talk about Perez and what he yeah. had to do. Yeah. That's another one, right? <laughs> I mean, okay, think about this. And I don't want to I don't want to be belabor the point because we've talked about this many times. But think back to 2016. He bid against himself not once, but two times. The first time when he signed Mike Glennon and gave him all that money. There was no other Ooh. team that was bidding against him. Secondly, when he traded up to get Mitch, he got fleeced. There was no team that was gonna jump up and draft Mitch at that spot. <laughs> Best facts. <laughs> My God. And don't even get me started on what they did with the kicker position with Cody Parkey, which I would never speak his name on this show again. But when you look at all these situations, these things point back to Ryan Pace. Yeah, this is his doing, Perez. You can't blame coaching for that part of it. And then you think about even with Mike Lindy brought up Perez. That, yeah, I got to chuckle while you bring that up because we got to see to see his ass. And I think the front office is like, hey, we had enough of this shit. <laughs> and we saw about that with the Giants. And that just brought back some bad memories, man, from the front office. They were like, his ass is out of here, man. Listen, that was poor timing for Ryan Pace to have the Giants <laughs> on the schedule, bro. <laughs> I knew someone was up the sleeves then, bro. I said, oh, shit. You in trouble now, Pace. You in trouble, man. Because that shit, that was a reminder right there of, like, wait, you signed that guy? <laughs> Damn. Right, right, right. And we torched him, man. Our team torched him, man. Um, so it was like, you know what? Old wounds. Hey, they ain't heels yet. It's time to go, Pace. Nope. But so, no, that was a good point, A-Dub, the quarterback position, but also tight end, overpaying for Jimmy Graham. Now, I know that you were happy or <laughs> you, you didn't mind the signing, but I still wondered why he was on the roster this season, especially when they didn't utilize him. That was a big salary cap hit when you have a guy like Cole Komet that's there. So I just didn't understand the thinking there. Also, the move to sign Andy Dog when you could have got him last year for cheap. Yeah, so many mishaps right there, Perez. Trading for good. Nick Foles, A-Dub. Trading for Nick Foles. 
I mean, I'm losing count now, man. You keep on throwing names out here, bro. He keeps screwing up. This is all on Ryan Pace. A lot of Bears fans will talk themselves into the fact of, oh, well, Ryan Pace has success in the late rounds. Yeah, but as A-Dub mentioned you guys a second ago, some of the players are starting to regress. Bojack. Yeah. So it starts to lay. You start to look at some of those picks. You're like, well, were they really that good? <laughs> right. Or well, was it just King to help these guys out, right? So it's like, hey, man, it's on you, Ryan Pace. He's your guys. Yep. So what's next, audience, for the Chicago Bears? We got nine coaching interviews that are lined up for next week and 10 general manager interviews lined up for next week. We will be breaking that down on our The Bears Central's podcast. So tune in to us. We'll be breaking down all of those candidates and much, much more. A-Dub, before we get out of here, Kalia Copper got that core designation. You mentioned it on a couple episodes ago. You said, hey, they may use that core designation. They did it. What was your thoughts on that one? I thought that was um, a chess move, Chris, you talked about. That's what you talk about, talking about playing chess right there. So I thought it was a good move right there to secure her because, you know, we got Candace Parker. That's Candace Parker girl. Hey, why not keep those two together? So I thought she was a top priority right there. Yep, and audience, in case you guys don't remember what we mean by the core designation, what this does is it gives Clear Copper the option to accept the one-year Supermax deal to return to the Chicago Sky. But also, it gives Coach Wade, GM Wade, flexibility. So this is why we're saying that it's a chess move, because now we retain the players' rights. They could continue to negotiate on a Supermax deal with her, or they could do a sign and trade. So there's a lot of options here. Yep, and it's all on Wade saying now, Chris. So now he's in the driver's seat now. So, I mean, you got that done. Like you said, man, it's about possibly trying to extend her out. Uh, it's a lower contract, but they also give you a chance now to focus on some of the other pieces who are free agents. When I saw they put that core designation on her, one of my immediate thoughts was Courtney Vandersloot must be returning. Yeah, I hope so, man. I really hope so, friends, because damn, that'd be nice, man. She returns. Think about it. If they didn't use the core designation on Courtney, they must have word or they must know, hey, she's returning. Go ahead and use that on Clear. That can be a good point right there, man. Now, I hope that she returned, man, to make it simple for us. Because Coach Wade said he wants to see Kalia Copper in a Chicago Sky uniform for a very long time. And he said that she's a very important part of their culture, both on and off the court. I agree with him. She brings that Philly swag and that Philly grind here to the shot. Man, one of the best two-way players in WNBA, Chris. So, hey, I'm glad we have her. I'm glad Coach Wade wants her here, man. I'm glad the team loves her. I mean, she got the fans behind her. A billion in, in the shot now, baby. Negotiations are going to continue on on Saturday with Courtney Vandersloot, Allie Quigley. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens there, Perez. All right. Final segment time, audience. If this city could talk. And my if this city could talk goes out to student loan borrowers. If you guys hadn't seen, there's been a major lawsuit that was going against Navient. For any of you that have gone to school, you've had to get student loans. These student loans are, are simply pretty predatory. They prey on young kids that are trying to better themselves. They have interest rates that start to balloon and skyrocket on them. And sometimes people are just in no position to ever pay back the money that they say that they owe, right? So anyway, in the lawsuit that happened against Navient, Navient had to agree that some of the loans that they put some of these college students in were predatory. So if this city could talk, it will say salute 
to all those various attorney generals in the states that fought for the borrowers in their states and made sure that some of these people will have some sort of relief from the student loan debt. And in some cases, some people may be able to get all of their loans forgiven. So if this city could talk, it would say, shout out to all you guys for helping people not be penalized for trying to do better for themselves in their lives. Man, Prince, that's awesome, man. It's good to know that we have some people out there who are looking out for the borrowers and looking out for those students. Salute. If this city can talk, it will say, Illinois, baby, we're doing some big things. The city's behind this team here, man. So salute to everybody who's been out there watching Illinois and supporting them. This team is good. Big games here coming up for the Illini. We'll be tuning in. We'll be there live. Audience, make sure you check us out on Twitter at Chicago Versus. We appreciate you guys for continuing to support this show. As always, it's brought to you by Crave It. Join us on our exclusive community at Chicago Versus. That Crave It app can be found on Apple and Android. With a Chicago state of mind, thanks for listening, and we are out. You asked all my teammates, the one thing about Michael Jordan was he never asked me to do something that he didn't fucking do. I'm only doing it because it is who I am. That's how I played the game. That was my mentality. If you don't want to play that way, don't play that way.